hello. We're here with the Christian artist, and today we're talking about personhood. The theory of personhood. Turns out, we're all persons, and we're wearing hoods. <laughs> For some reason, I expected something more from that. <laughs> really? Really? You expected yeah. something more? Yeah. That, no, that's it. That's that's the hole <laughs> open. I'd like the record to show that I did stand up and get up and, and leave. <laughs> just came back very quickly. This is the Christian Artist Honoring Christ Through Creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. And my name is Carly. And we're here with another episode of the Christian Artist. This is episode 150... F- 155. 155. <laughs> I knew it was either 154 or 155. But uh, 155. We're here, and we're going to be talking about personhood theory carly do you want to give us a running definition for personhood theory okay i don't think i could find like an actual like definition of it because it's still like something that's kind of debated a lot right but i wrote down like a definition of it um mostly my own wording but it's the philosophical idea that human does not equate to valuable and that the value of a person starts and ends somewhere in a human's life um and so it's it's kind of the concept of like you can be a human being biologically but not um merit value or worth of being called a person Mm. or at least that's what some people believe about personhood theory that's one of the more popular views about yeah it. yeah and so that that's the, the kind of concept we're going to be talking about in in general right like obviously there are there are many theories of personhood um but we're going to tackle okay what what happens when you have a philosophical system that says you can be a human and not a person so where do we want to start with that um carly i know you had some some questions some some ideas some things to discuss yeah um, I have a few things because I'm doing, so my senior project um, is um, writing the second draft of my novel, Starfade Resentment. Um, but one of the major themes in that book is kind of personhood and like the value of human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and like asking the question, like, do human beings always have value and where does that start and end? Yeah. Um, and so... I'm doing my senior research paper that's loosely related to my project on personhood theory and what it is and what the consequences of it are for um, different views on like politics and morals and stuff like that. And so I wrote down a couple kind of top um, like discussion questions, I guess. Um, So the first one I have is what do we as Christians believe about personhood? Is it a valid theory, and where do we believe it starts and ends? Yeah. And so, when you say personhood, do you mean the theory, the the definition you gave us at the beginning, um, or just the concept of personhood in general? Uh, what do you mean? Because you asked, like, is it a valid theory? Right. Like, right. And then, where do we believe, you know, personhood starts and ends? Um, are we talking about is the idea of personhood at all valuable or like legit or just yeah. the particular definition that you were like the secular like personhood theory thing that you define? I I mean both, but right. um, yeah, yeah. Connor, you should field that for us at first. What do you think? I should field that for you. Field that question, yeah. Like be in the outfield, catch the question, and answer it. I'm sorry. What's the question? I'm very confused now. <laughs> um, well, I guess we. Uh, oh yeah. So, what do we as Christians believe about personhood? Oh, um, okay. That's easy. Sorry. <clears throat> well, it's, uh, Jeremiah one, Psalm one nineteen. You know, each person um, is created by God uniquely, um, and Genesis one twenty seven. Each person is made in the image of God. 
Um, so each person has intrinsic value and um, it, the, each, each, each person is unique and worth something. And so everybody should uh, show each other respect, not being above or below um, <clears throat> other people because each person's value is determined based off of the Imago Deo. <laughs> the what? Imago the what, Dei. Connor? Imago Deo. No. Imago Dei? Imago Dei. Imago Dei. Dei? Dei. Yeah. Imago Dei. One of those. I don't remember. <laughs> um, it's spelled I-M-A-G-O space D-E-I. Um, so, Imago Dei, Imago Dei. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, uh, and this is kind of the short answer for it. So this is kind of a little bit of a, like a spoiler. But at the end of the day, I mean, personhood has to come back to according to what standard. Mm-hmm. And it, it has to right. come back to okay. Well, this is what we believe as Christians, and obviously we can flesh those things out and, and talk about it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, it has to come back to by what standard. And if it doesn't, then it's all relative and it doesn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So as Christians, where do we believe personhood, or in other words, value and dignity of human life begins and ends? Conception to death. Yeah. Uh, and I would say sanctity of life is not, uh, um, and, and I, I would say that that view is not contradictory with capital punishment, mm-hmm. um, with laws that uh, say this person's blood um, should be uh, is, is, uh, it should be demanded that this person should die, uh, for the crime that they've committed. Um, and that's, that's not against the sanctity of life. In fact, it's, it's the opposite. The crime that they have, uh, broke, I'm sorry, the, the crime that they have committed, the law that they have broke, uh, is about the sanctity of life. And that's why this person must die. For instance, Mm -hmm. uh, murder, um, rape, kidnapping, uh, enslaving, yeah. um, all of those things deserve the death penalty. Um, and that, that is to preserve the sanctity and the, the, uh, have to, to have respect for life. Um, we just, we are valuing the person who was wronged in that. And, uh, we also are valuing the person that did the wrong, um, by giving them just punishment and showing them what their what their sin deserves and what their crime deserves. Mm-hmm. 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 So why why do you say um, you know personhood begins at conception and ends at death? Why do I say mm-hmm. uh, it begins at conception because the Bible says so, and it uh, ends at death because the Bible says so? Does it does it end at death? Why why does it end at death? The well the the sanctity of life. Because they're dead. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Okay, that okay. I thought you were saying like personhood, like you oh no, 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 being a person when you're dead. No, 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 personhood, yeah. no, but the sanctity of life, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've heard. Uh, I think it was Doug Wilson talk about like there's a reason why we still give respect to the dead for a certain amount of time because like we recognize within ourselves that like they're still a human being that had mm-hmm. had you know, the sanctity of life at one point. Yeah. And we still mm-hmm. recognize that their body deserves respect. And so we yeah. bury them or we um, remember them in a certain way. And so I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah. And, and uh, honestly, like the- I mean, that that particular, right, real quick, that particular idea is um, very uniquely Christian um, mm-hmm. when you really think about it. Yeah. Like, why, why do we respect the body of a person who is dead? Ultimately, is because they are a body and a soul. Right. It, if, mm-hmm. if their body was just the vessel for their soul and it doesn't really matter that much. Right. Like it's it's ultimately going to be, you know, it's going to go away eat by be my worms. And that's all that matters. Then there's really no real dignity that you should give a body. Yeah. But because we know inherently that people are body souls dash between that mm-hmm. it's compound word. Um, we know that even though a soul has left the body and it's like, you know, one half of a full person um they it's still vital and important and and deserves respect because this is part of that person not just Mm -hmm. a vessel for the person to be in so yeah 
didn't we have like a whole episode on like why we're not Gnostics? Or at least we talked about that at we length. We talked so. about that. Yeah, we definitely talked about Gnosticism at length. Yeah. I don't know if we did. When a, I started a, learning a, it a specific in college. Episode about Gnosticism specifically. I can I can do a quick no. search, but I don't think so. Yeah, but um, quick plug in Nancy Piercy's book Love Thy Body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she talks a lot about this whole concept of personhood and especially the fact that you know as Christians we believe that human beings are not a body soul split it's a combined thing um and like why that's been distinctive throughout all of time um as opposed to other cultures and religions that believe differently um and why that that view of the human being gives distinct value to a human being rather than believing that someone is just a body and a soul or you know just a body with no value to their soul yeah um and so I would definitely recommend that. <laughs> and she goes through different um, issues today that I'm sure we'll talk about, um, like homosexuality, transgenderism, um, hookup culture, abortion, and euthanasia are just some examples of like all of these things that the concept of personhood theory and what we believe about it extremely affects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from that, um, I'm sure we touched on a lot of these in the episode we did on logical fallacies, where we specifically talked about um, arguments that we hear about for abortion um, that are logical fallacies. But what kind of arguments do we typically hear from pro-abortion or pro-euthanasia people that imply what they believe about personhood theory, like that they believe something different? Oh, one of the things I've had said to me is, um, did you know? Did you know that uh, a pig has the same amount of sentience as a five-year-old child? Right. Right. <laughs> like you know, why? Why do if if we are caring about you know children, you know at you know five years old, or, or if we're caring about you know unborn children, you know specifically mm-hmm. have this conversation in front of an abortion clinic, um, then why aren't we stopping all the pigs from dying? You know, because they have just as much sentience, if not more, than a, a fetus. Somebody said that to you at the abortion clinic. Yeah, remember that the the liberal lady that we talked to the the, the lady who was donating. No, the lady who went over to the coffee place and then walked over and, and had a conversation with us. Like she was super academic about it, and said her her boyfriend oh. used to be you know used to do stuff outside abortion clinic and then decided not to. Do you remember that conversation? Hmm. I remember a little bit of the lady who was across at the coffee and then came over, but I don't remember her saying those things. No, yeah, she she was talking about pigs and, and basically said, like, why do we care so much about, or, or, you know, something along the lines of, you know, like, comparing the sentience of pigs to children and, and like... I believe you. I feel like I've just had way too many conversations <laughs> yeah, outside the abortion clinic that I just can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, you get people trying to argue that, like, animals have more personhood if not the same amount of personhood as human beings Mm -hmm. and then you get into the concept of like well maybe ai will someday have the same amount of yeah yeah as human beings and it's it's really interesting theory for that reason because you get into so many hypothetical things and people don't realize that humans are very distinctly different from animals and computers did Um, you write a book about how humans are different than ai uh yep (laughs) but the twist is the ai is a human so (laughs) hashtag spoilers (laughs) well we kind of talked a lot about that on the podcast so (laughs) you did you did uh yeah yeah i mean so what what what's the main like (laughs) yeah mickey wrote in chat spoilers um (laughs) what's the main way we can argue against the sentience argument right like you know, why don't we value animals with the same amount of sentience in the same way that we do children? Um, I mean, if we're if we're speaking about it biblically, which hopefully we would be, um, <laughs> uh, we would say that uh, human beings are um, given a different. You know, we have souls. We're given a different um, a different kind of dignity. Um, that deserves a different kind of respect because God created us 
distinctly different from the animals. Yeah. He created us in his image. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we did a whole whole episode on the image, of, image God. of God. Yeah. And uh, our friend Emily has a whole podcast on the image of God. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I mean, ultimately, I mean, a conversation about personhood has to come back to the image of God if we're being consistent mm-hmm. as Christians. Yeah. We can't argue from any other logistic point because if we if we don't, we will inevitably get into murky waters in terms of trying to actually argue like why a person is a person and not just a human, right? <laughs> like if we don't have that solid biblical foundation of the reason they're different is because they were created different. They have a particular imprint upon them, particular characteristics that are uh, unique and different from animals despite their similarities where we are going to get into endless circular arguments with or not circular but we're going to get in, in, into un- endless arguments with people who espouse that particular definition of personhood theory because we're going to have to you know argue just based on science a philosophical point ultimately because mm-hmm. or or you know argue philosophical points that have no basis in anything but our purely subjective subjective opinion yeah instead of grounding it on a solid epistemological standpoint um right because like how do you how do you argue that uh, you know an unborn child is a person without appealing to the image of god well you have to make all sorts of qualifications or assumptions such as you have to make up your own rules you have to make if, up if your you're own not rules. getting your rules from the word of god you have to find them somewhere right even if you argue hey you know it's a person or you know it's a human being and all human beings are persons well okay where's the concept of personhood even come from certainly yeah. not from biology right like yeah d- why why do humans have inherent value that's the real question right why should they not be killed we can just you know we decide they're a person but what does being a person mean it means they have value dignity and worth it means that you shouldn't kill them it means you should respect them as a person as a fellow person um and we can't get that ultimately in a secularist worldview we're all just meat sacks it's me flop it around yeah right there's nothing really to separate us from any other animal fish yeah because we're all you know even even if it's the sentience are because and it's because of arguments like that right like sentience arguments like yeah i mean if we could look at the brain scans and we see right through science like uh, same amount of sentience between a pig and a five-year-old child so what gives one more inherent value right is it just whenever you get to be a certain amount of sentience right like a certain amount of awareness then you have worth value and dignity why and who decides yeah. where that line is yeah yeah any other comments on that particular point either of you take it away then carly next talk um yeah so why does what we believe about personhood and human dignity as christians matter to not only how we treat people because that's kind of a given like if we know that they have value we will treat them differently um but how does that affect our politics and how we are involved in transforming the culture and preaching the gospel that's a big question what's your question how does our view of personhood and human dignity affect how we transform the culture and preach the gospel. I mean, I'd say look at Jeff Durbin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Give us some concrete examples of that car. If you ever want to have, if you ever want to be told that you're loved and respected and and have value, um, strike up an argument with Jeff Durbin and they'll tell you. (laughs) Strike up an argument. Yeah. Um, it, you, you listen to any type of, uh, you know, any of the YouTube videos where Jeff Durbin is talking with somebody and he'll say, hey, man, I love you. Uh, I care about you. You're a person made in the image of God. I'm to respect you. I'm supposed to value you. Um, all of those things. And he and he makes sure that the person knows 
um, that he does care and he gives them the qualifications for caring. He gives them the reasoning for caring. And so it's, you can tell that it's not just, I love you. Therefore don't be mad that I'm having this argument with you. He's saying, I love you. Here's why I love you. It's consistent with what I'm trying to tell you. It's consistent with my, uh, with my arguments in the first place. Um, and and that should matter because First Peter three fifteen, um, correct opponents of gentleness and respect. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, and you don't have, uh, you don't have every situation that calls for gentleness, and we see that in the lives of the apostles. You see that in the lives of Jesus, um, but there should still always be a um there should still always be a respect for human beings and treat them in 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 such a way um and uh, yeah i don't know obviously certain things will call for uh different responses and reactions that might not seem gentle um but that should always be something that Christians do and handle people with gentleness and respect for the theological reasonings of Mago Day. I think I said that right at that time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, like, um, because I, I, I mean, I think I think about just because this is what I always think about. I think about the way this impacts our our government and our politics, um, and, yeah. and the way we we view those things, right? Like the reason why I say hashtag taxation is theft is not because <laughs> I'm greedy and I want more money. It's right. because it bothers me when people get stolen from <laughs> because mm-hmm. they're human beings with worth, value, and dignity. And they should be respected as such and not treated like pawns in a system. Um, and it, it bothers me when people themselves don't realize that they're devaluing themselves by accepting abuse. Yeah. Right. You know, even in that form or in more personal forms. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's important to understand when we're looking at any sphere of life to have that view of the the value of persons, the value of people um, so that we can love our neighbor well and, and actually understanding all of the full, like all of the facets of what that means instead of just following a party line or following um, some other, um, you know, group think on what's good and what's not, but rather like really evaluate, okay, if this is a, who a person is, if this is who, a, you know, God says people are, what kind of characteristics they have, and then what value they have. And then we look at God's law and we see, all right, what things are not allowed to be done to people without punishment. All right, cool. You know, then we start to understand all of the injustices that are regularly and routinely happen in our society. And then we get angry at those things. And then hopefully we seek to change them instead of just accepting the the devaluing of humans because it's comfortable because we're used to it. That's how slavery continued for so long. That's how Nazi Germany happened. That's how abortion is happening. And that's how we can live in a society that routinely and regularly steals from people every single day and no one bats an eye. Um, yeah. It's because we we have a lower view of persons, a personhood of, of human beings, and we should. Um, and so, you know, we have to be consistent when we're and really, really challenge our assumptions, right? Like, because we we have to do this with everything. Um, but you know, as Christians, our job is to look at Scripture and line up everything that we believe with a, a clear understanding of the Word of God, and not any other secondary authority. Um, but sometimes that, that includes having to really, really deconstruct and reconsider the things that we believe. Um, and I think, I think far too many Christians are, are, are way too comfortable 
adding Christianity to their already firmly held beliefs about the world. Yeah. You know, I, I think of people who are all gung-ho, like, patriotic Americans, and they're like, yeah, America, America is just great, and look at all the great stuff it does. I believe in democracy and all this stuff. And they try to meld that, uh, you know, on you know, idolatry with with Christianity. But you know, you cannot serve two masters. Um, mm-hmm. And so something's gotta gotta give when you have any sort of standard that that tells the other standard how to behave and and what it should should believe you know what you should believe then one of those standards is higher than the other which one is it going to be are, are you going to bow is, is your politics going to bow the knee to the bible or is the bible going to bow the knee to your politics um and i mean and the, and, and people many christians bow their theology to politics without even realizing that's what's happening yeah. Yeah. because they're not taught discernments they're not taught to read their bible they're not taught to think for themselves and they're taught that by not by word of mouth they're taught by deed that you can say that you're a christian and not let it affect your average american life you can only let it affect some of your average american life in a way that makes you look different and set apart in uh i wore a red shirt when everybody wore a black shirt to school kind of way look i'm different you know it it increases my value to be a quote-unquote different christian whereas to be a true actual Christian doesn't make you feel good to be different. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard and people hate you for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have churches and pastors who will say, be different and, you know, follow Christ and let, let uh, God affect every area of your life. And then they preach from the pulpit things that contradict scripture and preach from the pulpit evangelism techniques that contradict scripture and then they're just proving that they're not letting scripture uh, have its full effect. They're not letting the Bible actually change how they live. They're interpreting their view of Christianity off of their opinions and biases, including the fact that they're an American, rather than saying the fact that I'm an American should have nothing to do with the Bible. In yeah. fact, the, the Bible should tell me whether or not I should be proud to be an American. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, it, it's always again going to come back to by what standard. If yeah. it's if it's not if the basis is not scripture, then you have all of these problems. Yeah, right. And 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 it's like, uh, um, are we even if we claim to believe that the Bible is inerrant and sufficient, are we actually living that out? Um, are we are we being consistent inerrantists? Are we being consistent? sufficientists um right do we actually believe those things or is it all just you know um word of, or uh, what's the term i'm looking for not word of mouth um lip service lip service thank you yeah that's the word. that's what i was looking for um and you know that's a that's a major problem with all everyone all the time, like all any Christian, you're you're always going to have some of that. And obviously, our we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to perfectly do that. Um, but it's our job as Christians to constantly examine those things and and try to get it right. If we don't, then we're we're kidding ourselves if we we think we're trying to serve God wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was just going to say it's another aspect to all this. You know, you're talking about. Um, you know, <clears throat> and this might be a little bit of a topic change, but but going back to what you're talking about with uh, um, just being wronged and and just letting it letting it be, um, that's that's something that Lisa Turkers talks a lot about in uh, Uninvited, which that really hit me as I was like, even in just the first chapter, it was like, you know, people will say these mean things about your friends and or or your friend will say uh, i'm just i'm just so ugly or whatever and you'll be like how dare you say that and then you'll find yourself saying those same things about yourself yeah and it's totally fine and it's like you just we just have devalued ourselves in in such a weird way then and and there's a there's a level there where it's it's biblical in the sense that i am supposed to think of others as higher than myself yeah. but that comes from putting others in a higher position 
not not putting yourself. yourself in a lower in your position yeah yeah um and then on top of that you know talking about being wronged and stuff like that and just taking it you know that's that's a radical christian way to live under certain aspects you know turn the other cheek someone steals your tunic you know give them your cloak also or, or other way around <laughs> and if somebody you know um you know uh, ask you to carry their armor for one mile go to you know that kind of a thing and so there's definitely a very radical way of of living a christian life where you take wrong and you still love your enemy and bless those who persecute you and that's a very christian way to live um but we can't forget micah 6 8 with what you're like um i'm sorry <laughs> micah 6 8 that was micah 6 6 uh, he has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And uh, we should do all three of those things, not just two. Mm-hmm. I think most men today in the church would love kindness and walk humbly. And they think that's the most Christian thing to do, but they don't think that seeking justice is a godly thing to do. They don't think that they can seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with your God all at the same time. And that has to be a living contradiction. And it's not to, 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 to do justice and to seek justice and yet still love mercy and love kindness. And that is walking humbly with God. I mean, and so, and so to sit back and, and be taxed and say nothing about it and to, and to still pay your taxes. Yes. But to not say that this is wrong, that's not seeking justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, that's not loving kindness or loving mercy because um, you're not letting people know that so there's something wrong and that they deserve justice. And so therefore you're not loving mercy or showing them any mercy because they don't see it as mercy. They don't think they've done anything wrong. Uh, this is uh, this is a story that I've, I've told on here before. I know exactly what story um, I'm going to tell. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <clears throat> there's this guy... Um, whose son was brutally assaulted, almost to death, assaulted, almost beaten to death. And uh, so the father um, with, with his wife, like talked to the family and talked to their church and we're like, okay, you know, how do we handle this? These three guys, we like, um, you know, we know who they are and they beat our son nearly to death. And like, what do we do? What's the Christian response to this? How should we handle this? And so they, uh, they pressed charges. They had all three of the kids arrested and they brought them before court and they were uh, found guilty in a, a just court of law to the crime of, of assault. And then the dad went up and paid the fine and preached the gospel to them. And it was it, like, like that is such a beautiful picture of not only the gospel, but seeking justice is loving kindness, which is the gospel. God sought justice. He hates all evildoers. He sought justice. Sin had entered the world. Mankind was sinful. Um, people were are, are evil. People are evil. And God sought justice. And he hates evildoers. And yet, he sent his son to die on the cross for the elect to save some and to show mercy to some and to show, you know, that, that he is God. Like that's, that's the gospel. And so by seeking justice and yet showing mercy and loving kindness, we have, we have set a good example of not only the gospel, but how God loves, mm-hmm. which is also, you know, the gospel. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think too often, under, unfortunately, people um, try to mix, um, mix the law and the go- and the gospel in such a way that they ignore the law altogether because they they say i guess they don't mix what i what i mean is they ignore the law because they they're like you know we're, it's the gospel it's the, we're in the new covenant you know like we we got to focus on love mercy and grace and we gotta uh you know preach the gospel to these people like you can, you know why why would you ever like you know press charges on someone just forgive them right like whatever but not understanding that it is the act of seeking justice that sometimes brings people to God because they un- actually understand their sin, right? The reason why the gospel right. is so poignant, is so powerful, is when you understand that you are guilty and then don't get the punishment that you deserve. 
right? And I think because you know, God has stuck to His law yeah. so closely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Like if we if we teach people that justice doesn't matter, then we're teaching them they can get away with things. Not not that thing. Con- there are consequences and things matter, but wow, look at the grace and mercy and love of, of God. But rather, y- this God is a pushover. You can do whatever you want and nothing matters. Right. And that's not the God that we serve, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think too many people are, are very unconcerned with justice or with, you know, proper, like, having proper laws, you know, like having uh, an understanding of what is good in a society and advocating passionately for that. Um, are both of you in the uh, Bible study message thread? Uh, Carly isn't. Carly isn't, no. Um, recently, Apologia Radio did an episode on um, what should be the punishment for the for abortion or should we mm, yeah. execute those who have abortions? Have you listened to it, Carly? Uh, I don't think so, but I know okay. what the what their answer is. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's it's a it's it's just a great episode of like them talking about biblical law and mm-hmm. even addressing like people commenting on there. Um, it's 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 really good. I mean, and, we're, and and they're talking about all these same things, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, let, okay. Let's say let's say you don't think that capital punishment is justice. Well, then where are you getting that standard from? And then and then we you know come back I mean? to personhood, right? We come back yeah. to the image yes. of God because the reason why the cap you know capital punishment existed and and is is just is mm-hmm. because. God cares so much mm-hmm. about people. Yeah. Right? It has nothing whatsoever to do with some sort of devaluing of human life, rather the exact opposite. The reason why you forfeit your life when you take another is because that innocent person's life was so valuable that you mm-hmm. can never repay it. Mm-hmm. Um but then yeah. of course there is always there's there's leniency in the law too. Say if we're, you know, a biblical just society someone murders someone else they get convicted of murder you know they're going to die they're going to get the just reward for their sin mm-hmm. and their crime the people who you know the the family of the the uh the person who was murdered have the the ability in the law to uh waive that punishment pardon. yeah to pardon them right they, they it doesn't mean that they don't get convicted they, they always get convicted. You always have to go through the trial. You have to prove innocence or guilt. But then once it's, it's, it's to that point, then the, the people can, can always forgive and, and decide to, to waive that punishment. Um, and, and that's justice, right? Like not, not throwing someone in, in a cage for 20 years or, or the rest of their lives and then having the people whose son was murdered pay for it the rest of their lives. Um, anyway, that's, we, all three of us are very passionate about this particular <laughs> Yeah, I, idea. I used to, it's kind of funny because my stance on the death penalty used to be, oh, well, God has the ultimate say over life and death. Why would we get involved mm-hmm. in that? Mm-hmm. But then I read Genesis, <laughs> I think it's Genesis 9. And I was like, but yeah, he has a say in this. He tells us to, exactly. to do this. Yeah, it <laughs> is, it he is his say. the government to... Yes to repay blood for blood yep yeah that's... that god has spoken on the issue of yep. justice yeah. god has said that we that vengeance is mine i will repay so therefore kill those who kill yeah okay, yeah okay let me rephrase that in case in, anybody ever vengeance. takes me out of context yeah yeah yep. uh <laughs> the the government should execute those who yeah. take innocent life yeah yeah and in the yeah that's that's honestly a thing that i know lots of um good christian anarchists that i follow right they struggle with that that whole idea right they struggle with the idea because they they do believe and i I know a lot of them they they absolutely believe right you know god is just and he will repay right like avengers his mind says the lord and he will repay but their their view of that is that means we can never ever do anything at all it's just up to god um but that's not understand having a proper understanding of the delegation of authority that god has given us right like god God, obviously yes it's all it's up to god right vengeance is mine says the lord i will repay and then he says okay in this particular instance execution needs to happen yeah mm-hmm. and so who are we to to disagree with god where he has spoken in in uh in the law like that 
Now, does that mean that we like force someone who would be like, no, never, I would never would take another human being's life to, to you know, execute that justice? No, of course not. Um, I mean, we have personal convictions about those sorts of things. Um, but as a general, you know, the, this, as a general rule, the civil magistrate is required to execute justice um, because God cares so much about human life. So, yeah. Any other thoughts? <laughs> Do you have another direction to take us in, Craig? Um, that's all the questions I had. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about abortion a lot, but we haven't talked much about the issue of euthanasia. And obviously, we believe that that is wrong because we are Christians that believe that personhood or the value of a human being lasts from conception to death. Um, but like more specifically, I guess, why, why is euthanasia like similar in scope to taking a life of an unborn child as far as personhood goes? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause I think we have to start with, right. Personhood is because of the image of God. And so someone who is, you know, uh, really sick or really old or really depressed is just mm-hmm. as valuable just has just as much worth value and dignity and and their life has meaning as the unborn child and as the the fully healthy adult human being mm-hmm. um and so when we look at a case like you know euthanasia and all of its various forms whether i mean because because the idea right is you have involuntary euthanasia involuntary euthanasia you know, and in most cases, the involuntary euthanasia that's being advocated for is like they're they you know people who can't give consent to be euthanized, but you know they're a drain on society or whatever, right? Um, why? I mean, I guess I'm gonna throw the question back at you guys. Why? Why is that wrong? Say because yeah, even if someone's body is failing they're not you know as we talked about they're not a body soul split mm-hmm. and so the soul and the body both have value yeah. and we can't discount one just because one is the just because the other is failing what what if you have someone who has been terminally ill their entire life they're just sick of living they just can't handle it anymore and they say i'm going to go to sweden or wherever you know what country allows euthanasia and i want to be euthanized like what what do we say to that person I would say, show me in scripture where you have the right to take your own life. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it always has to come back to that. If we're we're talking about something that's not mentioned in scripture, then it gets tricky, right? Mm -hmm. And so people could say, well, euthanasia isn't mentioned in scripture. Well, killing is mentioned in scripture all over. You know, if you want to talk about driving a car, that's not mentioned in scripture. That's an amoral issue. It could be used you know, good or evil, you know, um, what is it? It's a a normative, right? That's a normative issue. That's a normative, that's normative in scripture, right? Regulative and normative. Those are the correct terms, correct? Yeah, I think so. What are you you trying to talk? You're talking about the worship principles? The regulative principle of worship and the normative principle of worship? Well, not necessarily of worship, but yes. No, okay, so so what the, what's the context of those words that you're using? Let me just let me just not use those words since it's confusing. <laughs> um, so, oh, I'll look oh you're talking later. about you're talking about examples of things in the Bible, whether or not, nor, normative or narrative. Yeah. So so sure, nar- okay. Narrative is right if if it's like something that happened in the Bible, that's just narrative. It doesn't mean it should be normative. It doesn't mean it's okay to do. No, that's not what we're talking about. Okay. But that's okay. Then I missed the context of your statement entirely. Yeah, that's okay. So, so if we're talking about uh, um, something that's not mentioned in scripture, um, it's an amoral issue. But the problem is, is euthanasia is mentioned in scripture, not directly, but it says that that murder is wrong. The unjust, and it tells us when we can kill. The Bible tells us when we can kill, under what circumstances it is lawful and just to take somebody else's life. 
Um, so you can't find me a place where it says that you can take your own life and be justified in doing so. So therefore, euthanasia is wrong. Um, and unless you can find somewhere in scripture that says it is okay, then then you cannot do it. And I don't, you know, and I would I would tell the person like I feel for you that that you you are you know in so much pain and obviously try to comfort them and stuff like that. But at the same time, I would make it very clear of like, tough it out, man. Like that's like, you, you've got to, you've got to, to tough this out and be strong and, and know that this isn't an option to take your own life. Um, and, and, uh, and not to jump on a completely different topic, but I would say, you know, homeschooling and public schooling comes under the exact same, uh, exact same uh, yeah. formula here of, well, the Bible doesn't address public schooling and homeschooling. Well, it does. It just doesn't call it, it public schooling and homeschooling. It instructs parents to teach their children. <laughs> yeah, it instructs parents to teach their children. And it says that uh, the teacher or the student will become like their teacher. And so if you send your children to public school, they're going to become like their teacher, not, not as an all encompassing principle that they're going to become that person or be exactly like that person. It is a principle of wisdom and it's, it's in Proverbs and Jesus says it as well in the new Testament. And so um, to say that you can send your children to the government and to the state to be indoctrinated and to be taught everything that is contrary to scripture I think that they'll come out unscathed is, is foolish and it's unbiblical. And unless you can point to a verse that says that public schooling is a good thing or that it's okay and find an example in scripture of, of that happening or that being justifiable, then you cannot say that it is a good thing. So it, it always comes back to according to what standard. And if you can't find in scripture where it says that this thing is okay, and I can find in scripture where it says that this thing is wrong, then you cannot do it. You cannot. Because then you'd be contradicting scripture and living, literally saying, I, it doesn't matter what scripture says, I'm going to live according to my own standard. And that's sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, going back to what you were saying about, because um, you were, you, you changed topics so drastically, I'm trying to uh, I, I apologize, I should have given you time to speak there. You were talking saying... about euthanasia for like a terminal illness. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so so one of the things I was gonna say is, you know, I think our approach to this, uh, you, you, what you said, Connor, is like the basic of like how how we respond to someone who who's like that. But then I think there's nuance then continuing whether or not someone's a Christian or not, right? Like, I think you know if, if someone's a Christian and they're like, I you know I want to be euthanized, um, then we say right like what you said, then okay suffer for christ right like that's that's kind of the entire thing happening there like count it all joy <laughs> yeah count it all joy when you encounter, encounter trials of various kinds like obviously like we all go through intense horrible things um and you know some people way way worse than others obviously um but you know we have a whole an entire history of of christians throughout the ages who have gone through horrible, horrible things. And the, the consistent witness they've given us is to live as Christ, and but to die as gain, right? Not, oh, I, I'm giving up and here we go. You know, like it's no matter what happens, I am serving Christ in whatever situation I find them, ourselves in. And, and that's going to be incredibly hard. But it's incredibly necessary to be faithful to Christ. You bring up to live as Christ or to die as gain. People use that verse to say martyrdom. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they forget that the first part says to live as Christ. Hmm. It's yeah. it's it's not saying dying is a is a good thing. It's saying whether I live or I die, I'm serving God, and that's fine. And 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 God is with me. If I if I live, I get to serve Christ, which is which is great. And if I die, I'm I'm with God, and that's great. It's 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 not a it's not a choice. For no, us. <laughs> it's not. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. It's a fact statement. Yeah. No, no, I would I would say that let's say that there's some 90-year-old who's uh 
you know, has cancer and he's given six months to live. And he says that they can try chemo, but that it probably won't work. And if anything, it'll just delay the inevitable, but you know, it's going to be taxing on you and you're not going to be the same, you know, until you die kind of a thing. And, and the person said, you know, I know I don't want to have chemo. I want to live my life out without, you know, all these burdens and restraints on me. And just and because I know I'm going to die soon anyway, I would say that's completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. Yeah. Um, I would say completely if there's a from saying just end it now, rather than right. I will live as long right. as God lets me without making it horrible. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, going through this topic always makes me think of that one movie that we watched. What is it called again? Oh, Me Before You. Yeah, Me Before You. Um, Hated man. it. Hated oh, every second. So angry I haven't that movie. seen it, but my mom saw it and didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I was so Good. angry. I'm proud of Kathy. <laughs> so angry. I was, yeah, genuinely, I was so mad at watching that movie. I was mad that people enjoyed that movie. You know what I mean? So just, just for people who haven't watched it. Basically, it's about a guy. Well, spoilers, who, spoilers, yeah, spoilers. If you, you know, I mean, but okay, it doesn't matter. Like, it, I mean, it's been out for like over ten horrible. years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the statute of limited limitations has passed. Um, the the you know, the gist of the movie is you know a guy who uh, gets into a horrible accident and basically mm-hmm. he doesn't have any motor functions. Um, he can like talk, but that's pretty much it, if I remember correctly. Um, and so he's basically entirely you know dependent upon caregivers. And, and this woman uh, is hired as his caregiver, and they fall in love. And then he decides to be euthanized. He's like, can't do this anymore. doesn't matter. I'm, I'm euthanizing myself. Um, that's, that's, the whole, that's the whole story. And, you know, it's this, 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 the story is, I think, supposed to be, like, you have to accept that I, I want to go sort of a thing, right? And, like, mm-hmm. you know, love me enough to let me go sort of a thing. But really, let me enough to let me die. Yeah, exactly. But but the ultimate like message that it sends, right, is you know, human life is. It's not a selfish. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It, the ultimate message it sends is that it's a selfish thing to want your uh, fiance to stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, right? And 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 I think one of the things like if someone someone just watched this episode and doesn't have any context for like anything else we're saying and just, we are just and yeah and just listens <laughs> to us say like you know tough it out they'll be like how horrible are you like this that's horrible but like mm-hmm. we don't uh, we don't get we don't understand the immense value god places on human life we don't get it mm-hmm. because if we did we would never even think about saying to someone yeah i think it's okay if you can euthanize to be euthanized no that that you what you are literally you're spitting in the sovereignty of god that's mm-hmm. that's what you're doing Right. You're saying, God, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you probably had a particular um, plan and not that we're thwarting the sovereignty of God necessarily. But right. Like we're saying, God, you you delegated to this person or you you chose for this person to have a certain lot in life. But we're deciding that wasn't good and we're going to end them now instead of letting them continue out their natural lifespan. Now, obviously, in the sovereignty of God and the way that works. You know, it was in his sovereign plan for the person to be euthanized, but that doesn't mean he, in his moral will, desires that to happen, or it's a good thing for us to do. Um, and we are we're spitting on the sovereignty of God in the sense that, you know, God has given people certain trials, certain tribulations, certain gifts, certain talents, certain whatevers, certain circumstances, mm-hmm. and it is our responsibility not to seek to thwart those things but rather use them to glorify god Mm -hmm. right if we find out we're terminally ill our duty as christians is to use whatever time we have left to glorify god not Mm -hmm. not uh you know seek to devalue the life that was that is left to us in whatever way that means um anyway yeah I feel like Mickey will be mad. Oh, yeah. I feel like Mickey will be mad if I don't share this. But what, when you were talking about the homeschooling stuff, she she wrote hashtag mic drop hashtag my man winky face. I <laughs> 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 oh, love you, Mickey. <laughs> I, I, I didn't tell you in the moment. Hey, so. Carly, watch it. 
I'm. Mm. <laughs> we already know I love Caleb in that way, not Mickey. <laughs> she does, though. Hey, I forgot that that's like common knowledge now. <laughs> and that you guys yeah. announced that. Because you weren't there. <laughs> yep. Mickey says, love you too, Carly. Yay. <laughs> Mickey, watch it. <laughs> No, cool. but, well, yeah, uh, do we have any other thoughts, comments? I did. I forgot, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't think it was relevant. Oh no, I was just gonna say, uh, if, if on the this is isn't even on the topic. On the topic of homeschooling, public schooling, uh, private schooling, in 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 a, a good Christian uh, 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 teachings. Is obviously also an option in case we were going to get comments or emails about that. Like we ever get emails, but if somebody was going to make a comment about that and be like, yo, saying everybody has to homeschool. Uh, no, everybody has to do the right thing according to scripture and obey the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't necessarily that means, have to mean homeschooling. That mean, can mean private schooling right. too, right? Like yeah. that just, that just means don't, don't send your kids to the pagan nation yeah. to be taught. And am I saying that a Christian who does send their kids to public school is not saved? No. Am I saying that they're in sin? Yes. And, and, part, and I think part of scripture the, is very clear. Yeah. Part of the issue is that I think people, people maybe misunderstand um, just how, what am I trying to say here? People misunderstand. How different no, no, public school is. That, then. that. But also what I was going to say is you, people misunderstand their options. And like how viable those things actually yeah. are, and so I, yeah. I I think in a lot of cases it, it could be legitimately said that that maybe it's not sin, but rather ignorance. Mm-hmm. But when confronted, right, like it's it's a matter of like this is important. Let's 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 actually go to this what, and, and figure yeah. out our options here, um, because I think way too many people say, um, you know, you know, homeschooling is just not an option for me, and and they don't actually really look into it like they should right mm-hmm. like if if we're if we're thinking about like for thinking about um uh schooling as a christian and and like the the intense importance of education for your children right like you're supposed to raise them up mm-hmm. with the fear and admonition of the lord right our view is like let's try to find every possible way we can train our children right instead of settling mm-hmm. for a lesser method. Um, and, and I do think it's a lot of it's just ignorance, right? A lot of it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they didn't know better. And unfortunately, as, as a Christian community, we do a horrible job of, of taking a firm stance on this. Um, yeah. And yeah. so it can be very, very easy to just, you know, go with the flow. Um, but I think it's very important, especially in our very particular society right now, the public school system is awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really I speak from experience. Really bad. It's horrible. It's really bad. Um and I, I have I have personally seen wait because we you know we worked in, in youth group for a long time and we were in youth group mm-hmm. for a long time. Um at our at our church. And I I have seen personally time and and time and time and time and time and time and time again young people who if they were just given proper christian education if their parents had poured into them if they had done like family worship together if they if Mm -hmm. their fathers had cared enough to actually you know be intentional about you know uh overseeing their 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 growth as a christian they would be so different Mm -hmm. but because you know, was, you know, and, and some Christian parents will even say, right, like, you know, we're we're gonna, you know, you know, teach our kids, and we'll send them to youth group, and we'll send them to children's ministry, and we'll, you know, we'll bring mm-hmm. them to church or whatever, right? Um, but then we send them to public school, and then we just forget, I guess, maybe, or ignore the fact that what what public school actually is, right? It's a it's a propaganda machine. It's a it's an indoctrination 
of the highest order. That's the entire point of if if you know anything about the American education system, the the guy who in, who came, you know started the Department of Education, the, you know in in America, he was an atheist, and he specifically set out to make the Department of Education to indoctrinate Christian kids. His explicit purpose. Right there, you can read all of his statements. You know, it was uh, the guy who came up with the Dewey Decimal System. Same guy. Um, I can't remember his first name, but you know, I think it's John. Dewey. John, yeah, John, John Dewey. Dewey. Um, that was his point. That was the from the very beginning. Like I think I think people like maybe can accept like um, yeah, there's a lot of bad public schools today and stuff. No, the whole thing from the very beginning yeah. was set up to be awful. Yeah, I mean, that's like someone completely ignoring the fact that Margaret Sanger set yeah. out to eradicate black people. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, it's, it's, the, yeah. the root of the tree is evil, right? Yeah. And and so, like, it's only through the grace of God that things in the public school system had, hadn't gotten this bad up to this point, right? Yeah. It's only by the grace of God that I am saved. <laughs> <laughs> That I have not been corrupted by that system. Yeah, and, and, and again, that's not to, right. That's not to say that, like in the sovereignty of God, right? God, God chooses His elect. So mm -hmm. yeah. it's not like they're thwarting God's plan by sending Christian kids to public school or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But but rather, it's about being faithful. It's about being faithful to God's yeah. word and and loving, going back to personhood, going back to the image of God, loving the children that you have in the image that are made in the image of God that have worth, value, and dignity, and not saying to them hey you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna send you to this place that hates us mm -hmm. and wants or to should or should yeah. and, and if and if they don't we're not living like we should right exactly right. Or, and, and wants to completely change everything you believe and everything that you know i'm trying to teach you to believe um and then maybe you know hour a day we'll, we'll we can talk about god and then I, I I don't know I'll expect you when we when you graduate I'll expect you to be a Christian right you'll just go to church with me right like that's what's gonna happen um, instead of it's just it's it's unfortunately naive um, it's not gonna happen mm -hmm. more times than not right I've seen so many so many kids they're going to public school that's what they see every single day of course they're not gonna be a Christian. Why would they be? They, that's not the example they've seen, right? They, they, the the people they hang with, hate Christianity. They hate everything about Christianity. And maybe if they, even if the you know the the kids are gonna say, yeah, like we we're Christians, they're not actually gonna believe Christian values because you know the people who call themselves Christians in the public schools a lot of times, right? Like they're the the, the liberal Christians who are like, yeah, you just love everybody. Um, and so if you have some sort of vestigial belief in Christianity, it's it's only the acceptable version. Um, anyway, we're we're passionate about this. Yeah, and, and we can basically end the conversation here because we, we totally changed topics. We, we have. Just because I made a single I, I kept, comment about it. I kept it, trying but... to bring it back. To... Yeah. But I mean, this this also matters in terms of personhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we if we value a, a, a personhood that we... <laughs> <laughs> so you 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 value their education you value their yeah. knowledge because people are important but uh um just a, a shout out to mafuki i'm not sure if i'm saying that correctly but uh so. she said it's it's such a weird he. blind spot like we oh he yeah okay he said it's such a weird blind spot like we think that the teachers in public school are great and we innately trust them if only parents trusted godly teachers the same way yeah. can you imagine if people treated douglas wilson like they do <laughs> Of public school teachers yeah if christians i mean treated douglas wilson like they do public school teachers <laughs> i was waiting i was like how is that not the funniest thing you've heard all day it's very controversial that's uh, I'm, i don't know if i want to ever quote yeah. you on that on twitter i would i mean <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be a thing yeah no you'd die on twitter if you posted I mean... that we already took a picture with him yeah. and posted it, so. <laughs> oh, you got a picture with him at G3? Yeah. Yeah. I never saw that. That's okay. I'm just not on Twitter. You're just not on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, I yeah. I actually put it on Twitter. Oh, wait, no, I did. You did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Amen to that, Mufuki. And uh, 
Yeah, that's good. <laughs> he said, that sounds like Federal Vision, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which part does? Sending kids to public school or Douglas Wilson? But, Douglas Wilson, I think. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that seems the obvious one. Uh, anyway, there you go. This has been the Christian artist. Any any other last comments, thoughts? Before we wrap nope. up here. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll. I don't know what we're gonna talk about next week, but we'll be back with more uh, Christian artist goodness next Monday. Uh, this week we have Lavender Shadows this Thursday. Or Bernie Will game. Very excited about it. But no, no on a Domini or anything on Friday because I got work stuff going on. So, but next week we should be able to have something on Friday. So, it'll be fun. Okay. Uh, this has been the Christian Artist. You can find us on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show, at Facebook at Facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show, or at our website at Christian Artist Show. Dot com though i am currently in the process of figuring out how to switch that over to my website um and so we'll that'll be that'll be a work in progress there also my website in, entirely is a work in progress right now it's been down <laughs> for like two months and so I'm, are you uh, yeah i mean we're all in a work I mean, in progress yeah, we're sure. all being sanctified so. no i meant i meant down for two months no i'm just kidding <laughs> obviously yeah work in progress i've had a great last two months thank you very much Same. You're um welcome. Huh, you too, Carly. Yeah, pretty sure oh, for the same reasons. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my website hopefully should be up soon, and it'll be revamped and stuff. I just I need to sit. down I probably will sit down on Thursday and try to knock a bunch of it out. Um, try to do some stuff on it. But I would also like to point out that I wore this hood the entire. Uh -huh. Yeah, I noticed that time. like halfway through, it was like he never took just it off, even though he <laughs> said he looked stupid. <laughs> <laughs> also though uh thank you Mufuki. giant elephant ears thank you Mufuki, for uh subscribing and uh oh, well. also if you if you want to if there's anyone who wants another way of supporting the podcast and the other uh, twitch stuff we do here uh you can find uh my patreon at patreon patreon.com slash caleb empowers and uh there's all sorts of cool fun rewards on there that i have been neglecting to give uh the people <laughs> that uh, follow on patreon so just as you know i just re was reminded of this right now shout out to the patrons carly pinch josh vincent ethan stoltzfus emily valdez and Alyssa albi and a shout out to tara my dog who supports <laughs> me in everything i do and also my girlfriend carly pinch who also supports me in everything i do and also a shout out to connor <laughs> Just, yep. <laughs> just for being Connor. <laughs> yep. What? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Why? <laughs> All right. Deuces. We're out. <laughs> Bye.